Welcome to the Career Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Haynes, and here is where we provide actionable advice for your career and life. Stay tuned, lock in, let's go. There I go. Welcome to another episode of the Career Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Haynes. Each and every week, phenomenal guests, phenomenal advice. I just need you folks to take action on the advice that's being provided. So I don't want to belabor this because it's going to be uh, a ton of information from a highly skilled individual. Uh, But let me just say this. This particular episode is sponsored by the Career Accelerator Planner. It's a planner designed for you, the corporate professional. So anytime you need to track your performance, your wins, uh, and log those those wins in corporate America, this is the planner to do so. It has prompted questions for pre and post projects in there. So this way, when it comes time for those crucial conversations around career, whether it's merit increase, salary, salary promotions, or career transitions, or when it's time for you to upgrade your resume for a career change, you have the information to give to these executive resume writer like my guest today. So go head on over to the careeraccelerator.com, careeraccelerator.com. We'll also have a digital copy dropping soon as well. So today, 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 you've seen the flyer. You had to. Like if you, come on, you've seen who I have. Right. Kamar Tafalo is an executive resume writer, LinkedIn strategist, job search, or should I say LinkedIn top voice, uh, job search strategist. And she is all over LinkedIn dropping tremendous value. You have got to follow this young lady. Let me bring her in, Ms. Kamara Tafalo. How are you? Hi, Orlando. I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Uh, I, I forgot. Are you in the East Coast up north or? I, I am up north, very far up north in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Canada. And we're right. getting a huge dump of snow right now. Funny, funny. So. I've my last, I would say my last several guests, maybe see, have all been out of Canada. All been out. Is that so? Yes. Really? Yes, yeah. A ton Canadians of Canadians taking over. They are. <laughs> you, you are. You're absolutely dominating in the career development space. <laughs> I can't go on LinkedIn without I'm like, who's this person? Canada. Ontario, <laughs> Ottawa. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, so just yeah. move over there. So uh, share with the folks uh, more about you and your expertise and background. Sure. So um, I, as you already mentioned, thank you for the intro. I'm an executive resume writer and uh, job search strategist. And I was named the LinkedIn top voice in 2020, which was a huge honor. Um, and uh, really my goal, my mission is to make job searching less hard for job seekers um, because I don't think it should be as hard as it is. And um, so I do that through working with my clients one-on-one, resume writing, uh, at LinkedIn profile writing, but also through my YouTube channel uh, where I try and offer some, uh, some valuable tips and tricks for people who are DIYing it. And uh, I have a very unconventional career path myself, um, which is kind of, uh, it ties in nicely with what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I have a background in financial services and fintech, mm. and I apprenticed under a successful resume, a couple of resume writers and who were previously recruiters, and they taught me uh, all the tricks of the trade uh, and, and uh, how to craft really compelling resumes, and I've carried what they taught me. Uh, all throughout to this day. So I've been doing it now for seven years, mm-hmm. almost eight years. Yeah. So. So you said something key there, which I feel a lot of folks uh, who watch the podcast should just soak it in. You said job search should not be that hard. Mm-hmm. And they're probably thinking, what? You're right. But how do we make it not so hard? So that, uh, I'm sure that's probably some of the questions are like, What's the what's the golden egg? What's the ticket? What's you know, what's that little insight secret? Where do you begin 
to transform that process for your clients to take it from hard to a little more easier? So that process actually starts of making it easier for job seekers. It actually starts before they come to me, or I might send, send them to do a little more work before we do our work together. And where job seekers are really making a job search harder on themselves is they are trying to job search when it's too early Mm. in the whole process. So um, like, oh, I'd really like a career change. I want to get out of this this uh, toxic workplace. So I really want to do something new. Um, those are common feelings that come up. And so kind of the knee-jerk reactions just immediately launch into a job search. But what we want to do first is get clear on what we're going after. So we're not constantly reinventing strategy, not constantly reinventing our resume, um, and that is what takes the job search. That's what makes a huge difference in terms of taking the job search from super hard to less hard. <laughs> so for the folks that are looking to make a career transition, right, is that also functional and or industry or both that you come across? Uh, it For my purposes, function is the priority in terms of clarifying and getting really clear on what you want to be doing functionally. So having that target job very clearly identified uh, and really being able to name that the title of that target job. Mm. So we know we're not clear when we're like, oh, I could do this, but I could also do this, uh, but I could also do this, (laughs) that we're not clear. So we have a little bit more homework and reflection to do in order to achieve the clarity. Uh, but function for me is 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 priority number one. And then for those very specialized industries, that's when we might need to have a little more clarity on, on where we're headed, uh, into what industry, what sector, in order to make sure we're drawing out the um, really important transferable skills and um, translatable accomplishments. Yeah. So what are some of the questions you're asking folks to to give them or for have them uh, so they can gain that clarity? Say someone's in marketing and now wants to go into uh, IT or vice versa. What what are some of those key questions aside from why? Right. So typically the. Uh, if if they um, haven't already identified what the what the target job is, um, I'm going to send them to a career coach. <laughs> but <laughs> if they have identified clearly what it is, so you said marketing to IT. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you nailed it exactly. It's the it's the why. Um, so I'm going to be asking them why uh, why they want to make the shift. What is it about going from marketing to IT? Uh, is going to give them or what they feel give them the different career that they're searching for, yearning for, um, because there's something that's very, very um, intrinsic that's driving them. And so I want to get to the bottom of that. But I also want to reframe it so that it makes sense to future employers. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes when someone is talking about a career change, they'll say, I want more work-life balance. I mean, yeah, that's that's good that that's your first priority for yourself and your family and your life's life. Um, but your future employer doesn't really care about your work life balance. Right. So <laughs> oh what God, can yes. you bring to the future employer that will make a difference for them? And what unique perspective from your you know, previous life, previous career can you bring and infuse into your future career, your, your changed career? Um, and that's that's where I spend the most of my time with my clients when we're writing their res- their career change resumes is really nailing down what translates and what is what is super unique and refreshing that they can bring to the table that someone else um, who has had a linear career path would not be able to. Mm. So can can you share most uh, one of your more recent clients and what that process or what the outcome was in terms of they were coming from X? wanted to go here and then in, in such a few months or whatever, they landed that opportunity. Uh, Cause I, I think guests are still want to hear like, okay, is it still possible, right? Is it still possible to change not only functions, change functions, but possibly industries, but functions is the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll, I'll tell you about the, the most drastic 
most mo the wildest career change that okay. I wrote about, which was actually very early in, in my resume writing career. And that was someone going from being a marine biologist, like free willy type of marine biologist. Wow. To, to real estate analyst. So it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we're okay. going from oceans to uh, buildings. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, um, and believe it or not so one one thing that i believe wholeheartedly in is that every career um has a common thread you just have to mm -hmm. find that thread and so we were able to do that for her so um this client in particular had great success and and actually got interviews right out of the gate um after we worked together uh she did she was working on upskilling and up like getting credentials in her new field i don't want to um glaze over that that is going to be important in a career transition to upskill or um take some sort of uh, training or or even on the job training to help you build those new skills for your new direction. Uh, but um, we were really able to uh, translate her strengths in analysis because there is a great deal of analysis in her science work, mm -hmm. uh, in her biology work, uh, and translate it into the world of real estate. Um, what we also did is we really leveraged her personal uh, personal story, and that was her ultimate drive for making that that career shift. Is uh, she had a strong personal tie to um, mm. the uh, real estate, the world of real estate, um, and so we we actually used that in her cover letter, um, and just really, it's really about kind of leaving a trail of breadcrumbs and and connecting uh in her resume just how work in or accomplishments in her marine biology work really uh lend lend themselves well to future work in real estate so there there is a lot of work and a lot of reflection and a lot of massaging of uh of skills and strengths and accomplishments in order to make your career change resume work but um there's all i am confident there's always a possible a possible way to make it happen like my brain couldn't even connect the two you're talking about. <laughs> I know it's biologist. it's it's yeah. Like, Once what? you get in there and yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> it's it seems so wild. And then a recent client um, was going from um, their their job search was on pause at the moment, but they were mm. going from fashion designer to recruiter. Wow! So mm. um, and the connection made there was. Uh, they were creating um, custom, they know how to create custom strategies, custom fashion mm -hmm. to give the client what they envision for themselves. So they know how to work with clients to create customized strategies in order to build the workforce that they, they're envisioning for their business. Wow, that's, that's interesting because I think um, each guest, they're... I would say a few guests will say something that makes me think, hey, you can you can take that a little deeper. Like, I don't know if you thought about doing um, kind of a, a short mini course on some of the more difficult transitions. Like if you're leaping from from A to Z, you want to be an astronaut. Now you want to be a project manager or whatever the case may be, because um, you you obviously done a few. So you're pulling out <laughs> something, right? You're you're finding something. Is that just something. through conversation, deeper conversation with the with the client, or is it just Absolutely. here's your resume? Okay. No, no, it is so with each. And thank you for the suggestion of the course. Uh, it's definitely in my back pocket. It's something I've been thinking about some some way. Um, but uh, anyway, thank you for that. Uh, so. Um, in terms of extracting this information that can really be leveraged uh, in a career change resume, it is deep conversations with my clients. So uh, I spend two hours kind of like fact finding with each client who, who I write resumes for. And prior to that, I have their old resume on hand. I have links to their target job their, that they want to change to, let's say. Um, and, uh, I have them fill out an extensive questionnaire. So there's a ton of information mm -hmm. that is in the bank and then I review and then I pick out 
what makes sense, put together what makes sense. Um, so it's, it, it's really getting to know the client uh, really, really in depth for sure. Awesome. I want to jump to a question that Nadia Morgan proposed. Uh, how do you frame a resume after a six uh, year gap? That's for sure. Yeah. Sorry. So no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, actually, I had a question oh, okay. about that yesterday for someone who I did a presentation uh, for a friend, Angie Kellen, um, and she had a, a one person was worried about that because they had an eight year gap. Um, mm. And so I love to hear your response to see how do you craft that after a six year gap? Yeah. So um, I think it can depend on on what the gap is created by because mm -hmm. sometimes I think um, some job seekers are thinking there's a gap when there's not actually a gap. So I had a surprising mm -hmm. conversation on my, in my YouTube comments with someone who thought there was a gap, but really they were a contractor for nine years, but they thought it was a gap. So oh. um, I'd love for Nadia to, if she wants to share um, the reason for the gap that can help me get even more specific but um, basically for a six year gap um, or any gap for that matter, we just want to address that there is the gap. Oh my goodness, Nadia. I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, oh dear. I'm so sorry. I hope you're, you're doing well. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's the challenge of, so we want to address the career gap, but head on, but we also want to make sure that we're honoring our own personal information and keeping that discreet. So in the case of Nadia, it sounds like she was working on her health and recovery uh, during this time period, as well as uh, she was taken, uh, taken back. Uh, she was went back a few steps because the pandemic hit and that got in the way as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say in, Nadi in Nadia's case, so we all know that the pandemic has happened. Uh, so I wouldn't be so stressed about addressing that, but I would say that um, you took a uh, temporary leave during this time period. I wouldn't say the reason for it because we want to honor your, your own personal information, but say that you took a temporary leave and you are now ready to step into your next role as blank and then put the time frame on it. So um, when, when uh, your recovery started to uh, present, perhaps, and if you've done anything in the meantime, like upskilling, even taking like a free course on like LinkedIn learning, mm -hmm. uh, indicate that as well. So we're going to have like a couple bullets. So took temporary leave, ready for next role as blah, bullet one. Bullet number two, we'll say completed courses in uh topic 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 and just leave it at that um we don't want to divulge anything super personal because uh we might want we might open ourselves up to unwarranted bias that would be my number one concern right. someone hears the nadia's story they might think oh you know she physically um able to take on this rule um and then and the wheel starts spinning right so um I see Nadia's coming in with more comments here. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, okay. go ahead. No, no, I was just going to share um, now, here, two quick tips for you, Nadia, and I appreciate you sharing uh, your story with us. Is one, I would I would urge you to connect with Kamara um, post this broadcast for from a resume standpoint, and then really look at connecting with a career coach that can have you craft the verbal, unless Kamara does that as well, how you communicate that in an interview. Wait. The resume says one thing. There's still going to be questions from a recruiter like myself. You need to make sure you have the proper verbiage so you can confidently communicate that in an interview. And then you just move on and, and crush it and land the opportunity. Then you're also figuring out how can that work with because you also mentioned uh, you go to physical therapy um, four times a week. So there's definitely an opportunity out there. Plus data science. You can do that anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I would yeah. say partner with Kamara for crafting that resume to start opening the doors for interviews and things like that. And then take it from there with uh, getting the proper language during the interview process. Thank you. So I've gotten mixed advice on this. Yep. So I would, yeah. yeah. 
those are those are probably two best tips I can tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that'll help Maybe. you get through all of that. And first and foremost, take care of yourself. Don't jump out there yes, too soon. Please if do. You're not, yeah. Yeah. If you're not ready. Awesome. But yeah, feel free to continue to ask questions. Again, Nadia, appreciate it. And whoever the LinkedIn user is, uh, you might be on privacy mode. So I don't know who you are. If you want to share your name, appreciate you participating as well. Um, again, so that that whole piece there you shared earlier about personal story and you put it on the cover letter, which can answer the question of that's been thrown around. It, is cover letters still, you know, viable nowadays? <laughs> As a recruiter, I can tell you, <laughs> I have a difference of okay. opinion. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> I I always love the cover letter conversation because it, everybody has such, and everybody has different opinions and everybody has such a strong opinion on them, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, I, this is, the, and I was tweeting about this last week, actually, because cover letters always come out. Cover letters, a lot of people say it's not worth, and I'd love to hear your opinion, Orlando, mm -hmm. on cover letters, but it, a lot of folks say, don't bother with the cover letter. A lot of recruiters say, don't bother with the cover letter. They're useless. You know, nobody, like, I don't read them, whatever. But there's too many instances of folks reading them and hiring managers expecting them. So I see a cover letter at a minimum as insurance. So it's there in the times that you need it. Um, and if it's there when you don't need it, oh, okay, it can just be thrown out. <laughs> it yep. like they just, they can disregard the higher, the recruiters and hiring managers can just disregard it. But if they want it, you've got it for them. Or if they want it, they, you've got it for them. Yeah, short answer is ditto, 100%. So from a okay. recruiter perspective, <laughs> um, we don't necessarily, there's some obviously that can say, yeah, I read through all that, but if depending on the types of roles um, you're recruiting on, most of us don't look at them. Um, if it's an executive role, we'll probably take more onus on it yeah. and, and read through that. But hiring managers, that that was key right there. And what you said, Kamara, that hiring managers, especially at an executive level, senior level, they will read every milk and cranny of your documents. So they'll want to see grandma, all this. There you go. Oh, I've heard we're like, uh punctuation was off are you kidding me <laughs> like, yeah like no 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 let's 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 figure out if the person's a good fit before we discount them based on, oh a, on a, some grammatical errors i'm like oh my god but yeah it's it's a it won't hurt plain and simple or won't hurt yeah so i love that good. great <laughs> so when it comes to um do you, is there another way um to share that personal story because in that in that particular instance of what you shared what if right what if that recruiter or hiring manager bypassed that that um that cover letter and didn't see the connection and like wow she's really passionate about this industry and then seeing the connection in the uh, the i guess the analytics or the data of it uh, between the two positions like is there another sp space or area where we can share that personal story Sure. So one thing I want to just back up to with the personal mm -hmm. story, because we we're just talking about Nadia's personal story as well. Um, I, I just want to, um, to just clarify with the personal story sharing. Uh, I think it's safe to share a personal story only when it's not going to expose us to unnecessary bias. Mm -hmm. So in, in the case of, of my um, uh, marine biology biologist turned real estate analyst client, um, her story was safe very relatable um to anyone universally and so that's why we did include it uh you could consider including it in a very short way like if it's possible to sum it up into one sentence within your resume within the opening professional profile paragraph uh in that opening paragraph it would be good to say and to call out what you're what you're coming from and what you're going to just so mm. that's also clear um and then you can get into why you're different why you offer a unique perspective so yeah i think you could shortly sum it up in that opening paragraph um if you feel it's a personal story that you think is a different differentiator for you 
What do you I have? Two questions. One is is probably you probably get the question a thousand times and and <laughs> probably sick of it. From is it a two pager? Is it a three pager? <laughs> is it a one pager? But um, it, that can be the second question. But the first question is what do you what are you seeing from your clients? Um, the epiphany piece when you craft it all together and they're like, oh my god, I didn't know I was I had all this or. Thank you, right. Thank you for bringing this all out, Kamara. I didn't know I did this and all recalled. Like, what are some of those epiphanies? They're like, oh my God, like this, this is incredible. Does uh, that make the sense? Epiphany, the, the epiphany the that, that I hear from them? Yeah. Um, so things I hear from them <laughs> are, uh, I'd hire this person. <laughs> but maybe that's not an epiphany. That's just, uh, you know, this looks good. Um, really like I, a lot of, I knew I did this, but I didn't really realize it until I saw it on paper, that kind of mm. thing. Like mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's really just holding up a mirror to them and being like, you did this. And I have to get a copy of your, um, I have to, like, when I get off this call with, with this podcast with you, I'm going to go and get your book because your accelerator, um, career accelerator uh planner i'll send you a copy planner. send me address oh yeah. you will okay yeah Thanks. absolutely okay um because every job seeker needs that like literally every person needs that who's going to be an employee because even entrepreneurs need that because that's like what makes for a great resume mm -hmm. is what you're writing down in your in in your workbook um or on a on a document running document whatever that it's it and it doesn't need to sound good that's where i come into the equation is i make stuff right. sound good i put the polish on um but you just put the facts into um whatever tracking document or book or workbook that you're using and that is what you pull from and that makes the resume writing way less hard so that makes job searching way less hard. <laughs> awesome. We're done. We got the gold yeah. seal endorsement from Kamara <laughs> on the planet. Thank you. But yeah, um, that, that makes sense because I think we, we tend to, right. We'll forget six months of performance when it comes to those performance totally. conversations. You'd be like, uh, and we assume the manager is going to see that and recognize it and they're logging it. It's not the case. So you need no. that. Yeah. And especially in a career change, especially totally. in a career change, giving you the ammo Absolutely. and you're like, great, let's make this happen. Love it. Love it. So what's yeah, what's absolutely. that process? And uh, this may be it. Well, actually, let me get back to that second question. Just sure. For the folks that are still wondering. Two pager, three pager. Oh, what? sorry. I yeah. totally, I totally <laughs> no, didn't. I almost answer. forgot to. But what's your take on that? Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I used to be a, like a real stickler for number of pages, like mm -hmm. really strict one page for anyone with less than five years work experience, two pages for everyone, one else. So five years mm -hmm. or more, two pages, everyone else. I was getting CEOs on two pages and I can, but should I? And so I really loosened up um, in terms of number of pages. And now I don't see it, see any sort of rule your resume needs to be as long as it needs to be in order to tell your story in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, trying to keep to two pages may help you uh, prioritize the stories that you should be sharing and that are relevant to be sharing on your resume. But I don't want job seekers, particularly the very experienced professionals, stressing out about a two-page resume. Like I just was talking to a potential client the other day who had a one-page resume, but is a very like at a senior leadership level. One page, mm. senior leadership, and I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were told by their MBA school that they needed to keep to one page, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like that's please, please don't confine yourself to that because we. I was seeing like one roles with one single bullet, and so I'm like, you're not giving the full story here. Like, yeah. how is how is anyone supposed to see that you're qualified? Um, so it's, it's just, yeah, it needs to be as long as it needs to be to tell your story the right way. Um, I, I would like to see, um, folks who have less than five years work experience, try and stick to a one page in order to get in the habit of prioritizing 
the right information on their resume. But once you're an experienced, established professional, I I would really like folks to stop stressing about the two-page rule uh, or one-page rule. Um, I've seen three-page resumes uh, do very well. And uh, I'm not meeting any recruiters these days who really care about page, like number of pages. What are your thoughts on that? It's funny because as you're saying that, you got to think from a just function of how the resume is structured, right? If you're 10 years plus, I love the the less than five years. Yes. One page is that I think that's good. If you're more than that, you already have title, contact information, summary. If you do education at the top, that doesn't leave much room for anything else. So how just physically, how can you maximize that real estate on the one page? If you have 10 plus years, I think just, if you just look at it logically, it doesn't make sense. You're selling yourself, uh, tremendously short if you got that much experience and try to jam it in because you're yeah it, it, it won't it just won't make sense we'll be looking at it like this <laughs> we'll be here's the recruiter like this this and this is it this is all they've done yeah yeah so, this is it <laughs> like it, exactly. it'll say from 2000 to 21 at the same company and be like this but this is all they've done no they've done more than that so yeah, yeah. That, uh, I don't see how they would do that on one page when they have that much more experience. Um, when it comes to some, if you uh, if you were to bullet point it, you mentioned bullet pointing on the resume. Obviously, the importance of um, putting things in order. What is your order in which you attack the resume? I like how how do I what's kind of Perhaps. the lay of the land on the resume? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you've, you've stated my, my approach that I follow. So, um, name, obviously type mm-hmm. title and the title for, for me is the title of the job to which you're applying. So it basically that title serves two purposes. It um, identifies what you're applying to, and it also helps prime the reader for how they should be reading your resume. Um, so title at the top, and then uh, contact information, um, city, state, uh, phone number, email, and LinkedIn link, hyperlinked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then the summary profile paragraph that you're mentioning, a skills section. This is for experienced professionals, a skills section, and then right into uh, work experience. Uh, sorry? Oh, no, I was going to ask a question because I like what you said. You said um, title, so they know in which way to read your resume. So you're mm-hmm. saying if I'm marketing, but I want to get into project managing, project management, the resume should lead them into that path based on that. Once you see that title, I should be reading project management skill sets versus having project management and you're still reading, you know, marketing skill sets and you're like wondering, I love that. Awesome. Share, I'm glad. <laughs> share, yeah, share, share more about that because that's, I think, again, as a job seeker, we're not seeing that or understand that it's you're telling the story and you're saying that title would then set the tone for what they should be reading. Right. So um, there's there's a few different ways that you can attack that title. So like you can say, you could just flat out say project manager. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then in the summary profile paragraph, that's where we could uh, expand on that. So, um, you know, marketing, marketing uh, specialist uh, turned project manager, and then get into kind of like a value proposition, like why you uniquely bring value to this changing career. Um, So you can just put project manager at the top, or you could put something like aspiring project manager, um, or you could put or you could just spell it out and say um, marketing manager uh, transitioning to project manager, or you can use it as a bit of a headline. So some of my peers use that title as more of a headline to call out some really um, big career wide accomplishments. Um, And so you could use that as a bit of a headline as well, but it, but whatever you put in that title or that, that header at the top under your name, just really should help the reader um, just set the scene for the reader in terms of how they should be reading your resume. Awesome. Is there a difference in the type of content, meaning, uh, you know, viable information, save 20%, increase this when it comes to different level 
of your of, in your background versus you know someone five years less do you think they would have that in there does that still add versus a, an executive level obviously they want to see quantifiable data type information does that vary based on skills uh years of experience yeah that's a really good question so when we can quantify and it makes sense to quantify, I encourage quantifying, but it doesn't always make sense. So I let's continue with the project manager example. Sometimes I'll see on project manager resumes things like um, managed eight projects in 2022, and it's like, okay, so <laughs> you know, so is like, so you managed eight projects? Is that? Is that a few? Is that many? Is that a huge mm. amount for for this project manager role? Is that a small amount for this project manager role? What was the value of those projects? Um, I also had a, a client way back who was at a very senior executive level um, in business development. And, and he mentioned something about manage, managing a portfolio of 10 clients. I was like, 10 clients? I was like, what, was, what were their assets under management? Because he was in in uh, financial services and he was like oh yeah it was about 125 million and i was like that's a lot different than than counting your number of clients <laughs> you know so we got to be careful with those quantifiable accomplishments use them when they make sense um and going back to your question about uh contrasting number of years experience and what to, what to show we want to show we want to always make sure that what we're showcasing backs up our qualifications for the job to which we're applying so um that that is really the the test that all resume content needs to pass um so i'm okay with seeing a quantifiable accomplishment on uh, like a very early career professional's resume um and surely i would like to see it on uh, a senior leader's resume um where things get a little more different would be when you're moving from uh, individual contributor to a leadership position. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a we're going to see more of a shift in tactical over to strategic work. We're going to see more of a shift of um, mobilizing workforces, for uh, starting from having a small smaller headcount and leading them or mentoring them to. Uh, achieve certain things. So there, yeah, there's going to be shifts in the leadership and the str strategic work, as well as the moving from tactical to strategic. How that makes sense? It does. It does. It, which uh, is a great segue <laughs> to, to the question I have is, uh -huh. can't, I've heard someone say or read somewhere where the resume should speak to the future or what you're planning on doing. And we might have covered it already versus what you've already completed. Does, Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, again, if whether you're career changing or not, um, but you're you're changing companies, right? You're going for a new role mm -hmm. that it should be crafted in a way that you're speaking in future tech tense versus um, past tense, like, you know, completed this, completed that. Or so I'm like, how do you do that? I don't, if that hmm. makes sense. I, I It does. And um, I like it. I, I think certainly we want the resume to be future. We want whatever we share to be future focused. Mm -hmm. um, if we've accomplished something from a grammatical stand rules standpoint, it, it has, has to be in past tense. <laughs> like We did it. So it should be in past tense. Um, so that aside, um, I do like the idea of being future focused in what we share. Mm -hmm. um, again, um, showing that we are qualified and equipped and, and able to do what we're are applying to. Um, so if that's what was being meant, then yeah, I'm totally on board for that. Um, I, yeah, I think um, I can see that getting a little verbose though. Like um, if someone's really worried that like, I got to spell this out and, and I got to show the reader how, in the future, I'm going to be able to do something great. Mm -hmm. um, that might get a little lengthy. Um, yeah. So we want to avoid that. But um, um, I do like the idea of, of, of always being mindful of writing and sharing stories that show you're equipped and ready to do work moving forward, if that yeah. makes sense. 
it does. Uh, Nadia has another, uh, assume that, yes, another question. LinkedIn work history versus resume. Um, <laughs> that is for another episode. <laughs> I can talk. There you have it. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, share with us. Should that mirror one another or is there a difference? Definitely, um, they can mirror each other, but I don't want to see job seekers copying and pasting resume into uh, LinkedIn, um, but we see that a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. So with with LinkedIn, I really want to encourage people to use first-person language. Um, and so saying, I did whatever, or I'm excited about whatever, um, feel free to use that this linkedin is a is far more dynamic and um social uh than what is expected in a resume and what the resume standards are resumes can get a little dry but they're there to present the facts uh linkedin can be more about um what you're excited about doing in your career where you see yourself headed um, what, where you've been already, where um, way back in your career that you think equips you for what you're doing today, uh, work you loved doing, uh, why you loved it, and you can use language like that on LinkedIn. Uh, it, it will make for a much more personable experience for the reader on LinkedIn, uh, and um, rather than just seeing your resume regurgitated there. If you were to put a weight on LinkedIn versus the resume, which weighs more now in this in this time? Oh god! Um, I think that's more for a recruiter to yourself answer. Um, <laughs> uh, I um, oh boy, they're they are equally as important and serve two purposes, like mm -hmm. two different purposes. Um, your resume is kind of like the the it's the facts it, it it backs up your candidacy um it it needs to be on your file <laughs> to prove that you're qualified right um right. whereas with linkedin that's that's um straight up marketing um yep. and it's kind of like your own piece of internet real estate to just kind of uh, set up shop and and um promote yourself yeah so um i mean resumes are marketing too um, but, um, LinkedIn is, is, um, yeah, they're both equally as important. And I, I, I think there should be a focus on both. Yeah. What is yeah. it? What are your thoughts? No. Yeah. I was, uh, you, you pretty much hit it. I would tell you that the, because the LinkedIn profile is something we immediately go to once we receive the resume or start the search on LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn recruiter to find you, uh, you'll have recruiters that will look at it. And I said this, um, previously that the number of the level of activity in on your page kind of lets us know um we kind of mm. we kind of look at that like uh will this person respond or this and that they're not that much engaged what's going on here um it's not necessarily a knockout but we just we just wonder okay they're not that engaged on the platform where from a from a resume standpoint you'd be surprised i'm not sure uh, if, if the resume is well-written, the assumption is you will have a well-crafted LinkedIn page, but when the resume is maybe not that impactful with content and nuggets, you shift over, you're like, wow, they haven't posted in six months or commented on six months. You're like, this person's a ghost. Where, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we kind of, we have different thoughts on that, but yeah, I would say, um, just the power of LinkedIn is is underutilized from a marketing mm. standpoint from job seekers. Like it's it's a global platform. Leverage leverage the heck out of it. Yeah, yes. I appreciate it. David Ball says totally agree. Uh, it is an incredible resource too. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you yeah. let's because you do LinkedIn as well? Um, mm -hmm. Can you write a career changing LinkedIn profile? Can can I myself that, or can job seekers? You yeah, well, oh, meaning in yes, overall, can. can that be done? Like, does your LinkedIn oh, yes. profile need to show that same shift or forward thinking um, when it comes? Yeah, it that's a bit trickier, um, yeah. and I think a lot of job seekers get hung up in um, 
worries that their current employer will see mm. stuff. Um, so it, it'll, it does come down to your comfort level, but I do love when we can call out those big career changes in your actual LinkedIn. Um, and um, particularly when we're talking about your work experience, because we have more room and we have more, more, more room to say more things, but also be more playful uh, on your LinkedIn. That allows us to say more th things that are a little more direct and kind of spelled out. Like, yeah, I know that I did this, but I'm ready to do, um, you know, make a big career change. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, what I did um, in blank job um, is really going to help me do this, this, and this in my next uh, target role, the, the career that I want to change into. So we can, we can spell it out a little more directly rather than worrying ourselves about phrasing accomplishments the right way to support that career change because that's going to be done on our resume. You can do it on your LinkedIn too, but you have more freedom to say things a little more directly and playfully and in a fun way and a personal way on LinkedIn. Um, so I do think that you, you absolutely can write a career change uh, LinkedIn, but it comes down to what you're comfortable with. Um, I do love calling out career change in the headline as well. Like um, marine biologist turned real estate analyst, um, you know, ready to move from what I don't know, fish to like, whatever. fish to bricks, fish to bricks. There you go. That's so fantastic. Like, how catchy would that be? Yeah. Like, that would be yeah, just cool. so catchy. Like, that would give a recruiter pause, right? Like, what? From fish to bricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Absolutely. and so you can say things like that. Um, and and uh, I I think there's just so much you can do on LinkedIn um, that that can speak to the career change. But again, it's like how discreet do you need to be based on your own comfort level as well as um, what you're you know worried about. Um, and uh, yeah, so. There's many things to consider, but yeah, it can absolutely be done. From how do you get around or how do we get around ageism on a resume? So I'm sure you come across mm. that dealing with executives. So, Oh yeah, a lot. Um, so th there are many different strategies. Um, I'll start with like the easiest uh, strategies that anyone can do on their resume, like right now, and that's mm -hmm. remove graduation dates from your resume. Um, I even do that with really young job seekers who are like particularly high achievers like fast track because ageism can work that way as well. Like you know, some, someone might like a hiring manager be, might be like, well, who is this young, you know, young person? Like why, like, what do they know about the world? Why should I hire them? So um, removing graduation dates from your resume um, will, is a good start. Um I don't like to automatically cut old work experience if there's something valuable there. So I think a knee-jerk reaction from um, job seekers is just to cut stuff that's older than 15 years, let's say. But I don't like to do that necessarily if there's something that that we can use. Um, and so, and also if there's a way for us to to kind of lay a foundation for the career, especially if you're making a career change. Um, that can be valuable as well. So uh, I like to use for like, let's say someone has a career that's going back into, I don't know, the early 90s, and they're like, really worried, or even the 80s, and they're like, really worried about ageism. Um, but there's something like there's a good like accomplishment, or a good couple accomplishments from from that time, then mm -hmm. I would like to take those couple accomplishments and put them into a other work experience section mm -hmm. early, like, earlier in the work experience um like before you start getting into the details of your work experience and just kind of um cherry picking those great accomplishments from early on in your career and just highlighting those in that section um without any dates Got and it. then we're not losing losing that work experience entirely oh someone mentioned 
Uh, I would love not to put graduation dates because I didn't finish my degree. So it works out <laughs> in my favor. <laughs> love it. Great tips. Well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different conversation. Yeah, um, whether to put in complete. Make a degree that we didn't finish. Yeah. Exactly. We exactly. Put, yeah. Course coursework in whatever my major was, mm -hmm. let's say, and then leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Here's here's a question. Um, when it comes to the style of resumes nowadays, mm -hmm. are we still doing? Is it chronological? The primary. Uh, are we still using functional? Or are we combining the two based on the leaders of experience? Because you kind of alluded to it if it was in the 90s, but you put it into a other section, you know, is that a combination of the function, functional and a, a traditional chronological resume? That's a that's a good question uh, and a good um, something that that's good that you pointed out. So, I mean, for for people in the hiring, no, yes it would be considered a bit of a hybrid to make those um, like other work experience or a career highlight section at the top. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't like to confuse people because like, I don't like to confuse job seekers saying like, Oh yeah, it's a hybrid resume that has uh, it's a chronological resume, but it has c components of functional resume. I don't like to, to mention that more. So I like to just say, this is something that you could add here or this is something you could add here <laughs> these like highlight sections so um at the end of the day it, it is a chronological reverse chronological resume um i'm hearing all the time from recruiters and hiring managers how much they hate functional resumes and that's because functional resumes are always poorly executed and that's due to no no fault on the job seeker it's just they see these examples of functional resumes on the internet so they try to emulate it but they're not good either. And so avoiding functional resumes and really trying to stick to the chronological structure, reverse chronological structure is going to win every time. Uh, it's way easier to follow, way easier to, to read. And uh, I don't know what you think as a recruiter, but I, I presume you you prefer a reverse chronological resume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Functional doesn't, doesn't give, it doesn't give details. Um, no. And it's usually the cut and paste method. Like, wait a minute, you, you got to show progression um in in your jobs and the moment we see cut right. and paste it's like okay this person no no i don't care what you did right. if you were a receptionist at company a company b you went from working four lines to ten we need to see the progression and skill set and growth so yeah that doesn't make sense yeah. not yeah. a fan of that not a fan of it so uh Me looking at the top of the hour we're coming on i got a ton of questions i could probably still ask you but let's save that for part two we'll, we'll go okay we'll, we'll, we'll go that much deeper in a part two so sounds good what are some quick tips, some quick actionable tips that you can give that job seeker who's looking to change their career when it comes to their resume, sure. improving their resume? Because you mentioned earlier some, you help some folks that are trying to uh, DIY it or or not. What would you Through say? Through my YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll share um, the five R's that I like to follow. Um, and even though I came up with these five R's, I had to write them down because I always forget the fifth, like one of the five. <laughs> okay. okay? <laughs> I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Okay. <laughs> I, I wrote it down too. <laughs> so, uh, the five R's, um, this is a kind of a framework that I like to recommend to help job seekers take, say, old work experience to rework it towards new, like big career changes. Mm. So we wanna take accomplishments that we have, um, have accomplished in our work, and we wanna reframe them so that it really makes sense towards our new target career path. Mm -hmm. We wanna make sure that it's relevant. Like we're, if we're going from marketing to project manager, we don't necessarily want to share anything about how we are really good at graphic design or something and built a logo like is that really going to help us move into a project manager job so we want to make sure it's relevant um we want to make sure it relates to the role so really um just making sure that it is aligned with the job to which we're applying we want it to reinforce strengths and skills that we will bring to this new line of work and we want to make sure that it resonates with the target employer so that's um, why it's so important to make sure we've 
already identified that target job before we start the resume writing process or resume rewriting process, I should say, um, because that is is really what sets the stage for us in terms of knowing what is worth sharing and what is worth just keeping in another file somewhere else. <laughs> Love it. That's that's either an ebook um, or oh. a, a carousel post. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is this is <laughs> right, this is yeah. becoming a mastermind for me. <laughs> it's just cer certain guests say certain things. I'm like, wow, that's. I mean, you think about it for how you phrase it and propose it when you're taking older accomplishments um, and transforming the new. That's probably one of the major things. How do I reframe this? I think we get stuck right there. Like, how do I reframe this and make it? And then, and you have it in perfect order. How do I make it relevant? How do it relate? How do I reinforce the skills that it doesn't seem, you know, outdated or whatever that I'm still at the top of my game here or she. And then how does it resonate? How does it connect for a recruiter to be like, yep, let's give this person a call. I think that's absolutely yeah. perfect. I think that's a, a five Thank page, you. five page ebook. Five page ebook. Oh, wow. Okay. Outline Thanks. it and, and you can sell it. <laughs> or free. <laughs> Thank whichever you. One. Whichever one. Whichever <laughs> one. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Kamara, I, I last Two questions. Where can folks find you um, and gain and consume your content? So I am Kamara Toffolo everywhere. So um, you'll find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter, all under Kamara Toffolo. Um, and uh, I'm not super active on Instagram, but I show up there from time to time. I'm also getting into the TikTok. Despite being an old millennial, I am uh, <laughs> getting into it, learning how it works. Um, the, the learning curve is huge for, for me for some reason. <laughs> this yeah, I'm not even. But I'm learning. Yeah. Are, you on, are you on TikTok? I, I'm, all I, what you'll see on when I tag you, when I tagged you on a, the few things on IG, I just reposted over there. I can't, I can't do the, the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't danced yet, but I've yeah, done yeah. some lessons. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm Kamara Toffolo everywhere. Um, I'm most active on YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn. Oh my gosh, we're on LinkedIn and I yeah, didn't I was plug say, Wait LinkedIn. A <laughs> <laughs> or on LinkedIn and I didn't plug LinkedIn. So I'm most active on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Have you thought about um, uh, a book or a podcast? Um, so I used to have on my YouTube channel, I used to run office hours live, which, uh, I'm hoping to get back into this year. Um, having a toddler kind of <laughs> took priority for oh, yeah. me. Uh, but, um, I, I'm hoping to get back into it, uh, cause I've had some great guests, uh, maybe like to join me when I reboot Absolutely. it. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. And um, so, yeah, I hope to reboot it soon. So there's that. Um, I I have no desire to write a book, believe it or not. I, I this is what I what I say. I, I don't want to. I don't have no desire to write a book. But if someone wants to give me a TV show, I'll take it. <laughs> that's that's <an> undertaking. So, <laughs> so if someone, yeah, if someone needs like the Oprah of job search for ah. you know their network i'm i'm available <laughs> you put it out there what, what would you call it you put it out there i'm sure you thought mm. about the title i i haven't thought of a title actually i just i'm more so see, like i'm worried about like what do i wear yeah. on tv <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Oh, you need a stylist. Anyway, so yeah. any stylists out there, contact come on. <laughs> Thanks. For, for future uh for my future, future TV show. Yeah. Future TV yeah. show. Awesome. So um what's your what's your daily mantra? I like to ask each guest, what keeps you going each day? What gets you up? Mm, um what get what gets me up uh is having a toddler. But um <laughs> right. what what keeps me going, um hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I really, I, I think I was hearing it a lot on um, TikTok or Instagram uh, recently. Uh, I think, is it from Finding Nemo? But you know, the just, just keep swimming. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just keep swimming. Just, Nemo, just yeah. keep swimming. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of on repeat in my head right now is just keep swimming. Mm. So I, I, and I think that really applies to job searching is um, it's the long game. And I think, um, and I know that job seekers feel such urgency to land the next big thing. Um, and, uh, but job searching does take perseverance. So just keep swimming. You'll Love get it. there. Sure you don't want a book? Because that's a great title. Oh, wow. That's a <laughs> oh, I, I can't take it. Disney will come after me. <laughs> really? Just say, uh, just keep swimming with Kamara. There you go. Change. Slight low change. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, Kamara, I appreciate you so, so much uh, for one, saying yes. For two, uh, just your wealth of information and content that you're providing both on, on LinkedIn and YouTube. So I highly, highly urge folks to follow you. Um, you are a wealth of information. Absolutely thank love you. your content. So thank you so much for, for joining me. Join absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Any last parting words? Any anything you want to just throw out to say in the atmosphere for folks? Um I think 2023 is the year of career change for many of us. Mm. So mm. make it happen, Captain. That sounds like a cliffhanger right there. I love that. Okay. <laughs> for, for part two, because you said us. Okay, we'll talk. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, thank you, Kamara, again. Uh, hold on real quick. I'm going to close this out with a quick video. Just want to chat with you uh, briefly afterwards. But, folks, tune in uh, for continued actionable advice uh, here on the Career Talks podcast. Thank you. <laughs>